Welcome to Women Worth Knowing, the radio program and podcast hosted by Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones-Gunn. There are so many Christian women with fascinating stories, whether missionaries, musicians, reformers, authors, wives, and mothers. Their examples are inspirational to us all. We want to thank you for joining us again. I'm your host for today, Cheryl Broderson. I'm usually in the studio with Robin Jones Gunn, but she's unable to make it this week. But I'm very excited about my guest. It's a friend of mine who came all the way over from Georgia, not the state, but the country. But we'll get to that part. But we've got we've got to finish up with where uh, we ended last week, because uh, this is my friend, Kendall Kula, and she went as a young woman having taught school with her long, gorgeous California blonde hair. I mean, you epitomized the California girl when I saw you with the long blonde hair, but you were also intelligent, which I really appreciated. <laughs> and there you were in Hungary serving the Lord, and you're just this call, just this you know restlessness, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow the Lord. I'm just going to see if this is the Lord. And you went to Hungary. You ended up staying there for three years, mm-hmm. and then um, met Kurt, who was ministering in Poland, who also had felt the call. Where was Kurt from originally? Michigan. Michigan. But he was here. Okay. Coast to me. So. At Coast to me. Mm-hmm. So, but went out on the mission field, mm-hmm. ended up in Poland. Then you got married. The romance is wonderful. Listen to part one. It's so sweet. You'll pray that you get a romance just like that. And then you moved to Poland. You had four children and you served in Poland and you built relationships, mm-hmm. a lot of relationships that are still bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. So how long were you in Poland? Um, I was there 16 years. 16 years. So Kurt was there 19. 19. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're there 16 years, 19 years. Um, how did the call to go to Cambodia happen? Because well, that's a radical change. Yes. So when I like we— that. Like, Just understated, yes. We we actually knew that our time was ending in Poland, and then— Well, how? How did you know your time was ending? Well, what happened? But like, what were you feeling? Was it both of you, like, you turned to each other and say, our time is ending? Like, what was going on? Well, um, you know, we go in usually—like, we were plowing, and then a church had been established, and the Poles, Polish people were doing the work of the ministry, and it was time for us to leave and get out of the way, mm-hmm. basically. Wow. Yeah. So we knew that, and so we were praying about the next place. And there was some offers, you know, different places in Western Europe, England, right? you know, uh, Germany, different places. And Haiti was one of them and Cambodia. And the interesting thing was um, we were like in this, like praying about it. And then Phil Metzger called and said, why don't you just come to Hungary for uh, at the Bible College in mm-hmm. Vita and pray about it there? And you can stay as long as you want, as short as you want. So actually, before we moved to Cambodia, we were one year in Vita. Mm-hmm. And for our kids, that was a little paradise. Oh, I bet. Because we started homeschooling there and they had all the books there because mm-hmm. um, the teachers had been doing school there. So we just used whatever they had. So that was a great tran- transition for me to homeschooling, to mm-hmm. do it in that environment, you know? Right. And so we moved there, and I remember going there, and we lived in a house there because in Poland we lived in small apartments, and we were on campus there, and our kids were like, Mom, we've always wanted stairs. Mom, we've always wanted a backyard. You know, Vita has yes. acres and acres. Yes. So they would get and the, the pool. Yes, and the pool. And so, the kids. And the kids. So they'd get their homeschooling done. They got up early, would even set their alarm so they could go play with another family. They'd all, they were homeschooling, then they'd go out. So we were there a year. And that was like such a sweet time that Phil gave us because he says you can stay as long as you want. Mm-hmm. So we were praying um, about it. And Kurt had gone um, 
the reason why Cambodia was on the radar was because he had gone, someone had asked him to go over there to um, teach Vietnamese pastors. They had brought him out and brought him to Cambodia. Wow. And so he wow. had done that. And um, while he was there, he connected with a, a Calvary Chapel there called Water of Life. Mm-hmm. And it's Calvary Chapel Phnom Penh, the capital. But there's also Water of Life ministry with a bunch of kids in like dormitories and different things. And so they just wanted to hear the Bible. So he did that with the Vietnamese pastors. But when he was teaching the guys from Water of Life, they would sit for like, oh, and Jeff Guype was over there too. And they would sit for like eight hours and wanted a book of Revelation taught to them before they left. Wow. And so Kurt's like, wow, they're really hungry. Yes. So that was on the radar. And then Randy, who's there, um, Randy Fleming, he asked Kurt, like, can you come back and raise up? We're starting a Calvary Chapel. Would you raise up the guys? Mm-hmm. And so he had a few guys that he wanted to raise up. And Kurt's really good at discipleship. Mm-hmm. So that was on the radar. We were praying about it. God confirmed it. And we ended up there to raise up the pastors there. Okay. Now, how was that transition? Because you've been... You've been in, you know, you've been in Rodham in uh, Poland, and that's one. I mean, that's one degree. I'd say that's like five degrees different than the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, at least, you know, it, somewhat, you know, markets and yes. somewhat the same lifestyle, yes. but, but different. It's Western, for it's sure. It's Western, right. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to Cambodia, which is jungle. Yes, Tell me about that transition, even for your kids. Yeah, they were a little bit older, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. they were born in Poland, so that was home for them. So, um, you know, Abby was um, 14, and so then it goes 14, 12, um, 10, 8, 7, you know, like in there. So that was a little different. You know, our kids really did not want to leave Hungary because they had established such good friendships. But, you know, but we prayed as a family and actually getting there, God used John Mark um, as we were reading because we kept getting like God as, has an open door, you know, from Revelation. Right, right. That's pretty broad. You, right. you can use that for anything. But we kept feeling like, well, that is like what Kurt can do. Do you know what I mean? He's right. really good at that. And then we were reading and there was some like we got that verse from from like three or four different people before we even made that decision. And then we were reading through Revelation with our kids and that came up and John Mark looks and goes, Dad, that's a verse for Cambodia. So that that was it. Like we'd already wow. gotten that like four yeah. other times. And that's about the Church of Philadelphia. Yeah. that's like, that's one of my promises okay. too. I love that. Okay, so how did how did you make the transition? How did you move? I mean, did you take some of your furnishings uh, with you from Hungary? I mean, how was that? Oh, we had a lot of bags, uh-huh. yes. <laughs> lots and lots. And so I think we went with, you know, at least, well, it was two bags each. So, you know, plus carry-ons. Okay, so which is nothing. Yeah. Which is really nothing. I mean, you get rid of a lot. Yes, you, know you do. I mean? You do. You just do. We don't, we didn't ship things over. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just give it to other missionaries, like, you know, whoever's at Vita, you know, just bless them. So we did that. And then um, we ended up there. And wow, that is a very different culture. Yes. The weather. Yes. Tell me a little bit about the weather. Well, uh, you know, um, they say you get used to it because it's all, pretty much always hot and humid. But I would say I never really got used to it. You just endure it. Like for me, <laughs> like I just, you know, you just live life. You right. have to. I mean, you just have to function. Mm-hmm. But it was it was not pleasant. Mm-hmm. But the ministry from Poland, like Poland was plowing and difficult, but like living conditions, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, four seasons, cobblestone streets. I mean, mm-hmm. I just loved it. You know mm-hmm. that. But then, and, but the ministry was hard. But then we go to Cambodia, and life is difficult, like physically. You know, just the heat, um, 
the driving, the, the food, the food, you different know, different diet. Yes, everything. Then you, um, but the ministry was just amazing. Like, mm-hmm. so God was just working and people were getting saved and the guys were excited about the word. And, you know, so, you know, the ministry was such a blessing. Yeah. Now, were you able to learn the language at all? Now, I, I actually did worse with Cambodian. Yes. I could get by, but uh-huh. I was, and, um, but okay, Kurt, worse, because I'm thinking it's so amazing that you even learned any of it. But um, actually, Kurt did better, and our kids were fluent, and which is amazing because they didn't go to the schools. And wow. so they we were homeschooling, but um, wow. we just really started hanging out with um, the Cambodians. And um, our kids, you know, the, some of the neighbors didn't speak any English, and they just would go out after homeschooling, and they just learned it without an accent. So our kids, to this day, um, speak it very well. So they speak Polish, yes. English, and Cambodian. Yeah, Rebecca has forgotten her how to speak Polish. Mm-hmm. She understood it when we were there, but because she was seven. Right. You know what I mean? But the right. other three still speak it, and they all speak Cambodian. So, yes. So how long were you in Cambodia? We were there eight years. All right, that's a long time. Now, how did you know, again, you know, how did you know it was time to leave? And, and you know, it's mm-hmm. one thing, to, you know, you raised up the nationals in, you know, the the Polish people were able mm-hmm. to take the church, own it. You knew they were solid. How did you know to leave Cambodia? Um, it, again, it was like the guys were ready. There were three mm-hmm. pastors that were raised up, and we had to step out of the way, especially there because they respect age. Mm-hmm. So they would never look at themselves as the pastor unless Kurt was out of the way. Wow. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. So um, And so we um, left there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. All right. Now, how did you know where to go? next it was really interesting because we were trying to figure this out last night with john chubik but at one of the missions conferences um kurt was asked to teach and he came back i can't remember which year it was but anyway he came back i was still um in cambodia at the time mm-hmm. and homeschooling and they you know jed was there jed gorley pam markey these are all people that we know really well that are on the mission field yeah and um, so mm-hmm. and john chubik and they're mm-hmm. like you know kurt would you pray about going to Georgia and being part of the team there? Because Pam was going to be moving there. Jed and Renee were already there. Mm -hmm. And the Bible college was moving from Vita Mm -hmm. to Georgia. And Kurt's like, yeah, you know, I'll pray about it. But then he called me and told me about it. And I'm like, honey, you'll never believe it. Because yesterday um, in homeschooling, you know, one of the history books, we were reading about Georgia. I mean, what what book happened? Not about Nuni. No. Okay. Yeah. But we were reading just about um, the history of um, Mm -hmm. Georgia, the country of Georgia and Stalin. Actually, Stalin was born there. And I'm like, Uh that was, I mean, you never really read much about Georgia in a high school history book. No. So, but the homeschooling one had it. And I'm like, wow. And so um, we just started praying about it. And then we, you know, felt like that's a good fit for us. You know, what a great team. And they needed help. So Mm -hmm. that's where we ended up. So now how long have you been in Georgia? Um, A year and nine months. A year and nine months. And now I have lessons, like formal lessons, four days a week. So I'm actually doing better in Georgian than I did in uh, Cambodian, I know. But I'm really, I'm not homeschooling. I was homeschooling Rebecca, Mm -hmm. not all four of them. Mm -hmm. You know, we do homeschooling like it's really hands-on, spending time reading the books, you know, and then discussing. So, but only one. So that was, you know, a little bit easier. But yes, four days a week. Okay, so let's talk about this a little bit because Mm -hmm. I think one of the hardest things um, when Brian and I were in England was when our oldest child said, I'm going back to the States. Mm-hmm. 
So how was that when your children, you know, they've been with you all this time and they begin to like go to college mm-hmm. and leave the nest. How was that on the mission field? Wow. It, you know, I always knew, like, since we were there, I kind of knew this was going to happen. So I kind of prepared myself ahead of time. I'm very much like that. <laughs> like, I'll grieve ahead of time. So it's not as hard during it. But um, we knew that um, one by one, we'd probably bring them back. Actually, we wanted them to know their home culture. So we encouraged that. And we would love to have them back overseas. And they all do want to be missionaries at some point, maybe not with us. <laughs> but um yeah, it was really difficult. I remember dropping Abby, our oldest, off at um, Cal Baptist in Riverside and um, them saying, okay, 536, goodbyes. And so I was dreading that the whole time. Like they wanted you off after that. And I remember her walking across the field and just heartbroken. And we got in the car and we I was sobbing, Olivia sobbing, and we're just driving. But mm-hmm. God has been so gracious and she's had such a great experience. And now uh, uh, Rebecca, Rebecca's going to be going there, our youngest, and Olivia's going there, too. Mm-hmm. And your son, where's John Mark? Actually, he's working in Santa Ana. Mm-hmm. Here. So you get to visit him for a yes. time. So tell me what life is like. Now you're going back with no children. Oh, yeah. You're going back to Georgia. Tell me what like an average day in Georgia is like for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I was homeschooling, so um, I would always like spend like the first part of the day, like the first uh, two hours with Rebecca doing, um, you know, I never got rid of, even though, she, I mean, she's a pr- prolific reader. We always do a read aloud. Mm-hmm. Like we always have a novel going. And re- so I love then that. that never yes. gave that up. Mm-hmm. So we'd do that. We'd read the Bible, get her assignments, you know, tell her what she had to do. And then I would go to language lesson and then I would come back and we would discuss. It was more like a uh, something they would do like in Oxford, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're more of a mentor and you talk about things. So that's how we did that. And she would talk about the different lessons and yeah. So now in Cambodia, how did you get your food for a meal as mm-hmm. versus how you get your food in Georgia for a meal I don't, and where you live in Georgia? Yeah, I don't think it's much different. Each place, um, I would always walk up to the market, the local market, and it's like a little grocery store. Mm-hmm. And um, I do that every day, even mm-hmm. though we have bigger fridges. I mean, our fridges are not like here. Yes. But they're big enough to not do it every day. But I do that so I can get to know the people. Oh, that's and great. And I yes. really like to just get out and walk, you mm-hmm. know, and so have that connection with the people. So that's not so much different. Food-wise, it is different, mm-hmm. you know, what you eat. But, yeah. So, okay, tell me about, like, what are the main foods you ate when you were in Poland? They did a lot of, we ate a lot of soups, mm-hmm. a lot of potatoes and breads and meats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then in Cambodia, what was it? What right. was it? A lot of rice. Yes. <laughs> My kids' favorite food is um, Asian, I think. Mm. Because, and Rebecca, like, we're back and people are taking us to a lot of Mexican food, which is my favorite. Right. And she's like, oh, I really like it, but I really want Asian instead. Mm-hmm. You know, she's thankful, but she's thinking, I want some rice and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Asian food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and then what about um, in Georgia? What What is it? And let's talk a little bit about what Georgia looks like, because mm-hmm. Georgia looks a little more like Prague. Yes. I mean, you've got the cobblestone streets oh, again. Yes. yes, coming back. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like I was coming home. Like mm-hmm. I would say, I mean, Europe, you right. know, not home America. Right. But Poland was home for so long, almost right. 20 years of our lives. Right. So I was like, <sighs> and it felt like I could relax again mm-hmm. because I was intense. 
in Cambodia. Right. You know, you always felt like you're going to get hit by a car. There's not sidewalks. There's walk. If you're walking, you might fall in a pothole. There's wild dogs. There's, you know, it was just kind of crazy. But now I feel like, ha, huh, there's sidewalks. There's cobblestone. Oh, there's beauty. It's uh, for me, um, Phnom Penh, where we mm-hmm. live, wasn't so beautiful. The outskirts are, but where I live now in Tbilisi, oh, it's gorgeous. I've heard, and you've got a huge yeah. river that goes through. Oh, right through it. You know, I don't think that most people even know that there's a country, Georgia. Well, do you know, it's called the Riviera, Riviera yeah. of um, the, of that um, region mm-hmm. because the lots of Russians come there mm-hmm. and different um, nations from that area. Mm-hmm. And so they, they love it. And even John Steinbeck called it like the second heaven. Mm. So yeah. now what's the ministry look like now for Kurt and, you know, um, and for, you know, those that you're serving with? Because now you're serving on a team. Mm-hmm. So what's what's the ministry there? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And what's going on there? Oh, it's really quite amazing. So we have the Bible College. Mm-hmm. So Kurt's co-directing with Pam Markey. And he also is co-pastoring with Jed Gorley and David Markey. So the three of them co-pastor. Jed has been there. Mm-hmm. Like he's the one that planted it. So they defer to him. But they're, yeah, they're mm-hmm. all doing that together. And then we're doing language learning, mm-hmm. Kurt too. So a lot of language learning. So now our... Will you be stepping more into like teaching next year? I'm hoping to and mm-hmm. more discipleship with the women and things like that. But, you know, our ministry is so fluid right now because of the war. Right. So we went right. from like we got there before the war happened in Ukraine mm-hmm. and there was like 40 people in our church. Now there's like 180 mm-hmm. just because um, we have all these refugees coming in. Then we have Russians that are leaving that don't want to fight in the war and they're both in our churches. So in our church, so it's been um, fine in the church. You know, um, there's been unity, but on the street, you can feel the tension. So much tension, Mm -hmm. like forty thousand coming um, Russians coming in like uh, ten days. Oh my goodness! Feel it on the street. No, but the forty thousand that are coming in, they are because they're against the the war that's going on for the most part. Or yeah, I want like maybe against, but some of them just don't want to fight in the war. Right. Right. So there's that tension. And the mm-hmm. Georgians have, you know, they, the ones that are not Christians are really having a hard time mm-hmm. with with that. You know, mm-hmm. Well, it's yeah. a large influx, um, no matter what, to be in their country. And also they've taken, Russia has taken their country, right. different parts. So there's that tension. Mm-hmm. So now, what is the, um, what's an average meal? Okay, so they, they're... Food is amazing. It's mm-hmm. very heavy, so we don't eat Georgian every day. Yes. But um, their breads, it's not like a typical bread. It's called hachapuri, and it's like this um, cheese inside from different regions and like kind of like a pita around it. It's baked in the oven. Amazing. That's fantastic. And then they do a lot of shish kebab mm-hmm. and a lot of um, kind of soupy things and a lot of potatoes. And Do you think yeah. that's the influence of Turkey from the Oh, for the sure. Because mm-hmm. they have a lot of Turkish influence because mm-hmm. they were overrun mm-hmm. by many different empires. They have a Persian influence because Persia overran them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Turks did and then the Russians. So they have a lot of um, different influences in their food, but they make it their own. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so we had John Dixon on Women Worth Knowing, the only uh, man we've had so far. He's wow. Dr. John uh, Dr. Um, John Dixon. But he was telling us about um, Nooney. Mm-hmm. who is kind of the patron saint mm-hmm. of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And 
the reason Georgia is not a Muslim country because it's surrounded by Muslim mm-hmm. countries is because of this young woman who led the king and queen to Jesus uh, so many years ago. Yes. Well, we would call her Nino. Nino. Like, okay. Yes, in in Georgian, mm-hmm. Armenians call her Nuni. Nuni. Yeah. Right. But the Georgians call her Nino. And oh yes, you know they they um, talk about her. They and actually Christianity, as the Georgian Orthodox Church has kept their country together, their language. Wow. You know, so they're very. It's a hard country to break through mm-hmm. for the gospel mm-hmm. because a lot of people it's just tradition. Mm-hmm. But you know they have their language. Even though they've been overrun, they have their country, mm-hmm. you know, and it's Christianity that's kept it. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the hardest, uh, what's, what's, what are some of the harder things about living in Georgia? I think it's um, trying to get to know the Georgians. Mm-hmm. Like we have a lot of nationalities in our church. It was supposed to, we, you know, we wanted it, or Jed wanted it to be a Georgian church, but God's bringing like we have 13 nationalities. It's kind of turned oh my into goodness. an yes. international church. So we have a lot of people, but very few Georgians. So I think breaking through the Georgians, you know, to, through with the Georgians. And so that's why Kurt and I are learning the Georgian language, because we want to respect the country. And even though it would be easier for us to learn Russian, because it's kind of like Polish, they would be totally offended by that. And so um, getting to know our neighbors and, you know, it's kind of slow going, kind of feels like Poland that way, though it's exciting ministry because God's bringing other people, which we didn't have like in Poland, but breaking through the Georgians. Now, how far are you like, how far a walk are you from like the Bible college and the church? Yeah, we are like a 20 minute walk. We do it all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it depends on how fast we walk, but we wanted to be that close. I mean, not too far, but enough where you get in some exercise. But mm-hmm. if you're running late, you can get there, you know, so it's a 20 minute walk. Yeah. So mainly it's a walking culture, though. Um, a lot. And we have mm-hmm. um, subways, we have buses, you can take like kind of like an Uber. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. So, yeah, there's many options. We live right by the me- or the subway or the metro mm-hmm. and the bus stop mm-hmm. where we can walk. And yeah. So um, we only have a few minutes, but, you know, tell me a little bit about your devotional life, because, you know, that's like so important in the ministry. It's not just the doing, but making sure you, you keep close to Jesus. So like your prayer, your, your Bible study, how do, how do you maintain that? Oh, um, that's the key Mm -hmm. (laughs) right there. I would not have made it this long had I not had that. So every morning, Mm -hmm. you know, I used to get up um, before the kids and, um, yeah, I read my Bible, I pray, and then we always do a family devotion. Mm. Um, and Kurt's been so faithful with that. Mm-hmm. We've, I don't know how many times we've read through the Bible with the kids. They didn't That's understand exciting. things at the beginning, but he's mm-hmm. been really faithful. And so our own and then with the kids. And, yes, I could not have done it without that, spending time with the Lord. He is so faithful. What do you yeah. think your overarching um, lesson, if you would say, you know, what I've learned or kind of the theme of my life or the, you know, kind of the thing that the Lord is always speaking to me is his faithfulness, his faithfulness. Oh. Yeah. And, you know, Psalm 37, four says, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness, at least in the New King James. Right. And that for me, I have that verse like out and about and that he has been so faithful, like each season, you know, going out single, married, mm-hmm. married with kids, now going with no kids back. It's, I know he's going to be faithful in this next season. So you can you can face whatever happens, you know, whether it's, you know, getting married, having your first child by C-section, um, having three more 
in a different country. But natural, those but ones. Natural. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and doing that, mm-hmm. and you can move from, you know, uproot to Cambodia, and you can leave Cambodia and be in Georgia, and you can even allow your children to persevere and to go forward in whatever God's calling them to, because you know God is faithful. Yes. That's such a great theme. That will get you through any any um, trial in life or any adjustment. We want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us uh, today and just hearing the story of uh, Kendall. And I, I love her story because I've known her since she first went to Hungary or maybe her first year in Hungary and just how um, you were this young, vibrant, single woman that could have had any type of career, could have married anybody. I saw you. I know. And just your love for Kurt, your faithfulness, your faithfulness to the work and your faithfulness to the Lord. So it's it's God has been faithful to you, but you have been faithful to him. Thank you so much, um, listeners and Kendall, for joining today on Women Worth Knowing. for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones Gunn. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. For more information on Robin, visit RobinGunn.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. Join us each week for a lively conversation as we explore the lives of well-known and not so well-known historical and contemporary Christian women. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at www wk at cccm.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones-Gunn. Women Worth Knowing is a production of Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa.